Hello and welcome to the Teach On Teach Strong podcast. I am Katie and I am a teacher and I live in London. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you're probably wondering what is the Teach On Teach Strong podcast about and why should I listen? Well, this is a movement. You know, teacher retention in particular is at an all-time low and I think it's a pretty global problem really with teachers leaving the profession in droves in many countries and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't have much support out there for us to support us with personal skills and mental toughness and mindset and all these things to help us handle such a tough profession. There's a lot of professional development stuff out there which encourages us to always keep doing more, 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 learn, more, 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 (laughs) add more to your plate, more, do more things. And while I love learning and I do want to do it all, I'd like to know who is actually helping us handle all these things. We need to learn other PD skills and those are personal development skills. And I think it's really important that we hear it from each other. Real teachers still in the classroom doing what we're doing and get what we're going through and are going through it with us. There are a lot of former teachers and instructional coaches out there doing this, but here's the thing, very few of them actually teach in the classroom anymore. I mean, I say very few, but personally, I don't know of any, aside from myself, who's actually offering the support for teachers and is still teaching themselves. Now, some people don't mind this, that's fair enough choose who you listen to very carefully Um, but personally I'm the kind of person I've just always preferred listening to someone who's in the trenches like I am and who gets what I'm going through every day not just recalling memories of what it was like but is is living it with me I need someone to go by my side with me (laughs) that's what I want more than someone standing from a distance going yeah do this I'm not doing it but that's what you need to do It might just be a personal thing. If you're like me, then great, because you're here listening to someone who's still in the classroom like you are. And that's why I started this podcast. I feel we are missing voices from current teachers helping us guide us through this challenging journey we're on. And so by starting this movement, we're actually helping one another develop our personal skills and character building in order to be able to be the best teachers we can be. So teach on, teach strong is teaching on, that means for the long haul, not feeling like quitting is our only option, and teaching strong, having the stamina, strength, mindset, and ability to do this job the best we can, day in, day out. Okay, so hopefully that explains what we are doing here with this mission, this movement, and I'm glad you're here and a part of it. We can go through this teaching thing together. If you want more and you want to chat with like-minded teachers who are also part of this movement and will totally get you and support you along the way, come and join our Facebook group and you can find it by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teach on teach strong. I'll put a link to this and everything else that we talk about today in the show notes, which you can find at teachersresourceforce.com forward slash podcast forward slash 110. Right, let's get into the nitty gritty of today. So grading or marking as we call it over here on this side of the pond and that's how I'm going to refer to it in this podcast because that's what comes naturally to me but marking is without a doubt probably one of the most time-consuming suckers we have to deal with as teachers. I am personally currently drowning in a pile of exam papers myself It really does make me lose the will to live sometimes. You know, you feel like it's just never going to end. The pile just doesn't get smaller. You get tired. You start making silly mistakes. 
it's just there sitting on your desk staring at you saying hello you still haven't marked me yet I know I know I'm there too and it's funny because people who aren't in teaching just don't get this I've had non-teacher friends suggest to me that I pay to have someone mark for me wouldn't that be a treat but here's what they don't get marking is so much more than giving students back a test score if that's all it was it would be easy and we'd just all do google quizzes and there you go there's your answer straight away which you know by the way have an include in this podcast but that is one of the tips if you wanted to google quiz that gives you their score right away but here's the thing when we do marking it actually gives us a feel of what our students know and who they are the wealth of understanding we have of our students after we mark their work is what shapes future lessons and what guides our teaching style to suit their needs right marking is not just a task that we can farm out to someone else Unfortunately, we need to be the ones reading their work. We need to be looking for similar patterns or areas that a high proportion of the class have not quite grasped yet so we can reteach content, etc. Bottom line, we need to be the ones marking. Marking is the bread and butter of teaching. We can't get away from it. It has to be done. Full stop, the end, period, dot. Okay. <laughs> That's the bad news. The good news is... We can be clever and we can use some tips and tricks to help speed the process along a bit while still maintaining the overall objective of being able to assess our students and understand what they know and how they think. So today's episode is answering one of your questions that were emailed to me and it's all about how we can use technology specifically to help us speed up marking and complete data analysis. So I hope this is helpful for you today and gives you some practical tips to take away and implement. All right, so let's go through some of my favorite software gadgets and sites for speeding up marking and data analysis. Firstly, let's go into data analysis. If we're talking data analysis, you really ought to be using spreadsheets. So Excel or Google Sheets, something like that. It is an absolute necessity for me. I could not track data on paper. It is just so much extra work. And once you go down the technology route, believe me, you're never gonna wanna go back to paper. Having it all on a spreadsheet also means that you can collaborate easily with your colleagues, which is ideal if you share classes or if you want to show your monitoring and data analysis to someone observing your lesson, for example. Now, obviously, it's difficult to go into too much detail of how to do this in a podcast because this is quite a a visual thing. But generally, you want to make use of certain tools like working out averages. So if students have got lots of data, you might want to work out what their overall average is, um, which you can do on spreadsheets automatically. You might want to look at sums so you don't need to calculate everything individually one by one. (laughs) Um, And you also want to look at conditional formatting, which is the system that automatically changes cell colors. And you can do that to highlight if students are over or underachieving via a traffic light system, all that stuff. And all these little tips and tricks make data analysis so much faster, easier and so much more effective. It's also a really powerful tool when you're speaking with parents as well, as you can pull up a lot of information that can be made visible, easy to decipher. It's easy to hide other students' information on screen while you're showing them their child. But 
there's a lot obviously there's a lot there if you don't know what any of that means and you're interested in learning you can do some youtubing and googling and see what you can find out about what all those words mean um or if there's enough demand and you're interested i could possibly make a course or offer some training for you to how you can track and monitor data for your students using spreadsheets and things like that so if you are interested in uh, video tutorials and examples of how i do it drop me an email and if there's enough people that are interested i'll see what i can do for you so um if you want to email me it's always the same it's katie at teachersresourceforce.com all right the second tool is all about digital marking and this involves students submitting their work electronically to you where appropriate so this works great for essays for example or big projects especially those that are ongoing um, because then you can look at how they're getting on and you can see progress made and anything that they've improved upon it's also quite effective if students ever create group presentations as you can see their powerpoints and comment on it and things like that now as for submitting work to you there are a couple of ways that you can do that the easiest by far is if your school has G Suite, which is completely free for schools. I just love that whole system as it includes Google Classroom, which is a neat place for all work to be submitted. And you can leave comments there for marking and stuff like that. It's just great. And I'll come and talk more about uh, Google stuff in a second. But if you don't have access to that, then you could have students email you work instead. I mean, that is a little clunkier, but it's definitely doable. Students can just send you their work. You can comment on it, shoot back and, and record their marks in your spreadsheet as you go. You might have other options in your school like OneDrive, which is um, similar to Google Drive. It's just a digital place to store all your documents. And you can share documents with students as well. So you could ask them to save work in a shared folder like that as well. There are plenty of tricks and way around, ways around doing things, but by far, Google Classroom is the easiest and most effective and just streamlined way to do it. You might know of others similar to Google Classroom that you use. Um, if you do, that's great. Share it. You can pop it in the Facebook group and we can check them out and help each other out with that. But I have experience with Google Classroom, so that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. And some of these might be able to transfer to other systems that you know about. So... If you do have G Suite, which Google Classroom, Google Apps, things like Sheets, Slides, the Calendar, Google Drive, which is for storage, blah, blah, blah. If you've got all that, then your world is going to become much easier. Now, if you don't have it, that's okay. Keep listening anyway, because it might determine whether this is right for you and it's something you can bring to your school or just set up on your own for your classroom. Now, I can say so much about this topic, but... In light of keeping on task and so as not to overwhelm you, I'll just stick to marking techniques rather than telling you everything I know about it because it's probably going to be too much for one episode. Right, let's get into Google Classroom. So if you don't know what it is, it's a digital space basically where you can enroll particular students to access your room. You can post things like alerts, notifications, assignments, deadlines, and your students will be able to see all these. If they have the app on their phone, they can get notifications up on their phone as well, or just have email alerts saying when deadlines are due and things like that. They can also leave you comments on the Google Classroom, or you know you can just mute them. I tend to mute my younger ones, like my, my littlest ones are 11, I teach 11 to 18. I tend to mute them because it's a bit of a novelty to them, and um, they take complete advantage of the open forum feature, if you get my drift. So, yes, I 
prefer not to need a conversation back and forth like that with everyone but for some students especially the older ones who do take a bit more seriously it's actually a really handy tool especially if they're sort of having a little panic at home going oh my god I don't understand (laughs) it's nice to be able to just give them a quick note and have that communication Uh, before I go any further I will add you might want to set up a personal boundary with that with your class you might say listen after 5 p.m even if you leave a note, I'm not going to comment, okay? <laughs> so any comments you've got, you need to get them into me before 5 or 6 p.m. or something, just so that they don't start harassing you all night and think that you're at their beck and call because, you know, boundaries, self-care and stuff like that. Okay, <laughs> um, Okay. so another great feature of Google Classroom is setting assignments. So you get to set your students a task. They then complete the task anywhere in the world, I might add, and then can submit it and it will only be visible to you. You can then mark their work in a couple of ways. You can leave them an overall comment and grade, uh, which is really great for showing evidence of marking. Or you can add comments right on their document. And this is my personal favorite feature. Commenting on their documents is great. And you can leave a note with feedback on a specific area or sentence or word or section. And students can act on your comments and then dismiss the note by resolving it. Literally, there's a button that says resolve once they've done it. And then you can actually pull up all these comments and what they've resolved and you can see what they've acted on. And what an amazing way to evidence student progress and response to feedback. Because there are so many things like, especially in the UK right now, we talk about our inspectors, our Ofsted inspectors, and they want to see evidence students responding to feedback. Fair enough. And we've gone through all sorts of systems like purple pens and things trying to try and show that students are doing what we've asked them to do. Whereas this, with a click of a button, we can see, well, they've done this because they've clicked resolve and I can see that they've made the improvement there. And it's as simple as that. It's such an effective technique and I get a lot of praise on it as well when I show people this at school. Um, And finally, another top tip is keeping a document where you store your most common feedback. So, you know, you're often writing the same sentences over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It gets kind of cumbersome. Well, you can just keep a bank of things that you find yourself typing. So if a lot of students are having similar things that you want to flag up, just copy and paste that sentence into one document. And if you're familiar with something like Google Keep, which is another little app thing, you can put them all in there and pull that up when you're on anything on the G Suite. But if not, don't worry, I can tell you about that another day. I don't want to overwhelm you with everything I know at once because there's a lot that you can do with G Suite. But basically, the idea of this is you can take comments um, that you often write and paste them into students' work. This saves you so much time having to write or type feedback. And you can also use things like codes as well. So you could just have a little chart. So on one side, we've got codes like um, GR for grammar or something like that. And then you just type the codes. It's even faster. So they know to look for a grammar mistake in this sentence that you've highlighted, for example. So it's incredibly time-saving as well. So I realize again that it's hard for you to see just quite how amazing these tools are via a podcast, but you can definitely still pick up some ideas to get you going. And as I said before, if you are interested in learning more about how I use technology to 
increase my marking speeds and how I complete data analysis and you'd like video tutorials or a course or something like that, do drop me an email at kt.teachersresourceforce.com and if there is enough demand, I will happily make one for you and show you all my secrets and show you everything I know about it. I do hope that has helped give you some insight into possible ways there are for you to speed up your marking and data analysis. If you do have any questions that you would like answered on this podcast or want to learn more about these examples I gave you today, drop me an email. And for all the links mentioned in this episode, including the Facebook group, be sure to go to teachersresourceforce.com forward slash podcast forward slash 110 and everything will be in there for you. Again, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do one thing for me and that is share it with a friend. Simple as that. Drop them an email with a link, talk about it with them, tag them on Instagram or Facebook. I don't mind how you do it. I just want us to grow our group of teachers supporting one another, help the movement, keep teachers teaching on and teaching strong. I will catch you in next time. Bye.